0: Hey, I'm Lay. And I'm Alex. And this is Mommy Glasses, where we talk all things real, raw, and unplugged, letting all moms know you're not
1: alone out there. So today is season two, episode two, and the topic is going to be pacifiers. What is the proper age to take away pacifiers or for a child to have a pacifier or, you know, pretty much our thoughts on pacifiers altogether, together. Um, like you and I have discussed both of our kids, both of our sets of kids have had pacifiers. Um, did Capri have a pacifier? Capri did have a pacifier.
0: She had one for about three months, and then she was done with it. So she gave it up on her own pretty early.
1: Oh, wow. But Kobe had his longer.
0: Yeah, Colby had his up until about
1: a little over two years Wait, how old is Kobe now?
0: He is going on two and a half. So he turned two in December. He probably gave it up in like
1: February. Yeah, because I, I remember it being pretty recent when he gave it up. Um, but what were your – did you ever get like any problems as far as like him having a pacifier? Because I know like with my kids, um, my first two took pacifiers – willow and dylan and both of them had their pacifiers until they were around like you know they were two but they were like two going on three and i never saw it as an issue to take it away from them it was more so you know it was comforting for them i wanted them to keep it i know a lot of people have problems with you know saying that oh it's gonna mess up their teeth or they're gonna have problems with um, their speech. I never experienced any of that as far as um, speech is concerned, or even with their teeth. Like, their teeth look pretty normal, and I feel like baby teeth come out anyway, so. But Callie never took it. I tried. She never took it. I wish she did. But, um, yeah, like, I used to have, like, my, my grandmother, especially, like, people who are older, would get upset after Willow and Dylan turn one, they, I would start getting those questions like, oh, when are you going to take it from them? Like, they don't need it anymore. Like, why does she still have a pacifier? And I felt like it was a constant battle and struggle because I felt like I needed that pacifier. Like, I needed the pacifier just as much as the kids did.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm like, I'm just like you, you wish they would take it I wish Capri probably took it more because I feel like Colby was an easier baby in that regard. You know, like he was happy as long as he was with his pacifier and his blanket and his juice or whatever. Like, Colby's been a little more clingy to actual materials as a baby and toddler, whereas Capri wasn't. We never had like a blanket, a pacifier, an animal that she always wanted, but Colby does. And so he actually has been easier because he's been able to essentially be pacified with those items. I like, before kids, I was like, oh, my gosh, how could they have a pacifier after one? Like, I always thought one was the cutoff for breastfeeding and pacifiers. That was in my mind when I was younger. Um, Probably because the families I nannied for, that's what they did. And I was like, oh, that was easy. The kid switched over to milk and no more bottle and no more breastfeeding. And the kid doesn't have a pacifier anymore. And I'm like, wow. But in real life, that definitely is not the case for us and for many families I know. So we got backlash all the time from family. Um, Friends, not necessarily friends and not necessarily like people on the street, but definitely family. They're like, oh my gosh, why wouldn't you take that away from him? He looks ridiculous. And I'm like, he's happy. Just leave him alone.
1: <laughs> he's happy, and mommy's happy. And I'm right. I, 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 I felt like I depended on the pacifier just as much as they did. I needed them, like when it was time for bed, especially Dylan. Literally, all I had to do was put her down and give her her pacifier, and she would go right to sleep. Willow used to I knew she was getting sleepy when she would ask for it and just like you when I was younger I would see kids with a pacifier like past one and I'd be like oh my god like why do they still have a pacifier you're too old for that you don't need it and and of course like you know it's because I wasn't a mom at that time so I just saw it as your your kid is too old to have that pacifier but now that I'm in that seat, like I'm in the mama seat, I understand why they let their kids have the pacifier. It soothes them. It keeps them from making a bunch of noise. Just like with the iPad, I let my kids have the iPad. Like, of course, like the doctors will say like, oh, take it away, uh, limit the time. And I get it. But when I need to get things done and I need, you know, some sort of sanity the iPad, just like the pacifier, is my go-to because it keeps them quiet. It keeps them in one spot. I know exactly where they are. I know exactly what they're doing. And the pacifier used to help soothe Willow and Dylan. It, was, it is a problem that I have with Callie now because she didn't take a pacifier. I do, I did find it a lot harder to put her to sleep at night I found it a lot harder like even now I'm still struggling with her being able to put herself to sleep like she needs someone there to help put her to sleep and with the other two I felt like the pacifier helped put them to sleep essentially you know um
0: yeah I totally feel you because both of my kids still need their parents and more so mommy than daddy like I can't get them to sleep in their bed unless I go in there with them. Chris can be in there and sleep with them as long as mommy literally is not at home. Like if I am not physically an option. But if I'm in the living room trying to do something or the kitchen and Chris (laughs) goes into the room, they still call for mommy. So I agree. You either have to have like a material or a person to help you go to sleep. Um, And both of my kids now are all about mommy. How did Chris feel about the pacifier? He, he, I don't, I have no idea. He was fine with it, honestly. He didn't care that he had it. Um, I think he needed it for his sanity just as much as I did and just as much as Colby did. Um, We've tried, or we did try a few times, especially when we were traveling, to only take one, and, and one of my aunts one time said, oh, my gosh, you're a rookie because you only brought one instead of a few. And I left, and I was like, actually, I'm trying to get rid of it. So if that one is gone, then it is gone. But it backfired, and I'd have to actually, like, go to the store in the middle of the night, CVS, and go, go buy <laughs> one I, I literally remember driving back from New Jersey, and Colby was in a rage, and we were only, like, I don't know, twenty minutes away from home. And those twenty minutes we couldn't even take his crying. I made Chris pull into Target so I could buy a whole new pack of pacifiers. I was like, get this kid
1: some goddamn pacifiers now. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> so how uh, long did it take you to get him off? Um
0: probably a few months. I mean
1: like kids, you know,
0: like, I don't know. I wasn't going super hard. I was very lackadaisical about it. Like, Oh, let's see how long he can go without it. Right. And then I would just start pulling back in certain areas, like not at school. um, Or yeah, he can take it to school and he can use it to sleep. And then no, he can't have it at school anymore. He can only have it in the car. And then no, he can only have it at home. And then no, he can only have it at bed at home. Like I really started pulling and fading away in different areas. Mm -hmm. Um, and and seeing how he took to it. And then he just cut it cold turkey. I think my sister, I remember her having a FaceTime conversation. And Colby, like, didn't talk to her on the phone. And she was like, your kid looks like he has special needs. And I was like, well, if he does, then, then, you, then that's what he looks like. That's fine. I said, but he doesn't. And he knows how to talk. He just right now is happy. And I was like, first of all, you don't even have kids. So for you to say that, you know, that's a little out of the box, but also she's my sister. So I'm like, whatever, you can say whatever you want. Doesn't mean I'm going to listen. And then after that, I was like, maybe we should pull the plug, cold turkey. And I think a few weeks, maybe a month after that, he didn't he didn't need it anymore. We actually gave him lollipops instead because like in behavior, you always have to do a replacement. You can't just take something away right. because if you don't replace it, they're going to replace it on their own. So – um, most kids, when you take away a pacifier, they replace it with their thumb if
1: they're not ready, right? Oh, God, yeah. I actually caught Dylan doing that the other day, and I almost lost it. Exactly, yeah.
0: So I just gave him lollipops. Not that the sugar is help-like, but I just was like, I'd rather have you eat lollipops, which is a normal behavior, versus yeah. sucking your thumb until you're a grown-ass man.
1: Yeah, and some people don't even grow out of that.
0: I went to school, high school. I remember our prom queen, she would walk our halls. She was a basketball star, prom queen, or no, homecoming queen, basketball star. And she would walk the halls sucking
1: her thumb. Oh, my God.
0: In high school? In high school. And nobody, everybody just thought, oh, that's Althena. That's her. That's what she does. And I was like, girl, come on.
1: You were too old for this. But that was her, like, way of thinking, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. A, I, I knew girls in high school that sucked their thumb, but, I mean, I wouldn't see them do it in the hallway, but a lot of the people that I did know that did suck their thumbs, their teeth were shaped funny, and they spoke, it, sometimes they spoke with a lisp. Not all of them, but some of them spoke with a lisp. And it was because they were thumb suckers. Um, I'm, I'm thumb sucking is just one thing I I cannot get with. I mean, I'll let you suck the pacifier until you're in high school if that's what you choose, but not the thumb. That's where I drew the line. But it with um, what's her name? <laughs> Can't even remember my kid's name. With Willow, she she had given it up at one point, like she was about, I gave birth to Dylan when Willow was two. Willow turned three that May, and Dylan was born in February of 2014. And I had gotten Willow off of the pacifier for like six months before I had Uh, Dylan. And as soon as I had Dylan and I started giving Dylan the pacifier, Willow reverted and she started wanting the pacifier again. And it kind of became a problem because then she would take it from Dylan. Uh, I would have Dylan like in a little bouncy chair and I would just, I'd be in the kitchen, you know, cleaning, cooking or whatever. And I would just hear Dylan screaming to the top of her lungs because Willow took the pacifier and is in the corner um, sucking on it. It's like, It was almost like a drug for them. Um, But I wanted them to get off. Like I wanted Willow to get off the pacifier because I was pregnant with Dylan and I didn't want to have two kids with the pacifier in their mouth. But doing it gradually was probably the best thing I could have done. I would do things like I would take – I would take it away at certain times, like, oh, okay, you could have it in the morning when you wake up, but after breakfast, you can't have it again until you're about to take a nap at lunch, and then after that, you can't have it again until uh, you're going to bed tonight, and then after a while, I kind of just got rid of all of them except for one. Willow had a, crazy enough, it was a Redskins um, pacifier that my dad had gotten her, And she only had one. So I kept that one for as long as I possibly could. And honestly, like the day we lost it, I literally was just like, okay, I'm not buying anymore. So um, we're just going to have to deal with it. And that's ultimately how I got her off of it. Like, you know, you you have those conversations with them. They're really little, but you have those conversations. Like, like, it's gone. It's gone. I don't know where it is. And she kind of, she was upset for a little bit, but I think after the first few nights, because during the day she was good without it, she didn't even think about it. I think it was one of those out of sight, out of mind things. But then when she finally, like if she would see other kids with it, then she would want it back. And I noticed that after my baby shower for Dylan, she would see the ones that were in the packages and like, oh, she used to call it a Bobo. That was our name for it, Bobo. We call it Bob. She would be like, oh, I want, I want the Bobo. What did y'all call it? BOP, B-O-P. <laughs> BOP? Where'd that name come from? I have no,
0: I have no idea. I don't know. I, you know, just things just develop somehow. I mean, kids, you try to say something and I seriously have no idea, but um, it was like a boppy, I don't know, boppy, bop, I have no idea, pop, whatever came out, but I'm pretty sure we just ended up calling it a B-O-P, a bop. Bop. And then Chris and I, instead of calling it, like, Kobe would say, where's Bop? Where's Bop? And, um, well, just like you, like, it's gone. you know, they start picking up on those conversations. Or, I don't know, try and find it. Like, I would make him go and try and find it. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I knew exactly where it was and he wasn't getting it. Um, And then Chris and I would actually spell it to each other. I'd be like, do you know where the BOP is? Instead of saying the word. Because if we said it, it would be like, you know, Christmas to him if we said it. A trigger. Yeah, for sure. And it's like a trigger. It's like, what did you say? Yeah. But now, to be honest, he's still at night. Like, he still will wake up in the night and ask for his juice. So there's always something. Like, he wants his juice in the middle of the night, whether he's thirsty or whether it's just that he um, truly is pacified by it he likes the the sippy cups with a gummy tip and that's what the, the bop was, you know, the pacifier. It was like a circle. We had the circle ones that were all gummy, you know, there's like butter, the ones that look like butterflies with plastic or whatever, but we had the all circle gummy ones. And so anything with that, like gummy tip, I mean, he'll take a hard plastic cup, like a juice cup. That's plastic. That's fine too. Um, but he still takes the juice in the night. So does he chew on it? This cup, actually, you have to bite on it to have the
1: juice release. Oh, okay. So it might be that gummy texture. Because I'm wondering if that's what, you know, Callie wants, because I, unfortunately, I mean, I don't want to say unfortunately, but, I, you know, I'm still nursing. I've gotten it down to once a day. It used to be throughout the day. I only nurse her now at night to put her to sleep. But I'm wondering sometimes because I'm pretty sure I'm not producing as much milk as I used to. Like I'm 100% certain that I'm not. I know that I'm producing something because I've seen it in her mouth. But it might be that texture. And I don't know if it's a smart idea to try to reintroduce the pacifier now, now that she's two, because this would be around the time that I would be trying to get her off of it. But it might be that texture that, you know, that they look for when it comes to that soothing feeling. Although, how do they keep that feeling like you're going to sleep? What do you need something gummy in your mouth for?
0: It's just comfort, and then once they're asleep and they're not, like, consciously aware, it'll drop out or they'll get rid of it, but while they're awake and consciously aware and trying to go to sleep, it's, like, a true need for them, um... The other day we were walking outside and Colby actually found a pacifier on the ground. It didn't look no. like his because I think he would have called it a bop. But it was a regular like butterfly one with plastic and then a gummy tip. And it was girl colors. So he picked it up and he said, baby. And I was like, oh, that's cute. He like knows that this is for a baby. And then I said, okay, let's get rid of it. And he just stared at it and like looked at it for a while, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I wonder if he's having memories, and flashbacks." He, yeah, and then he actually went over and threw it out in the trash, and I was really impressed. I was like, "Good job!" Yeah, so I was like, "Wow, we grew." That was a huge growth
1: moment. That is a huge growth moment. Good for him. I know. I was impressed. It was- it definitely wasn't like that with my kids if they saw it they they wanted it so i used to be like hey like if i had to go to target and you know when you go down those aisles to get like the sippy cup sorry that's my fasting alarm the sippy cup um or like those snacks and stuff they have the pacifiers over in that section i would i would have to have somebody come with me because i would need for them to be at the end of the aisle just so that they wouldn't see the pacifiers Oh and Dylan wow! Kind of got hers, got rid of hers the same way too. Once Callie was coming, I um, I got rid of all of Dylan's pacifiers except for one, and Dylan was two when um, Callie was born. So yeah, she had her pacifier for a little bit, and then it was just kind of like, okay, well, we have another baby coming, so there's no point in you having a pacifier because you're not the baby anymore. But I guess, I guess it's kind of like a blessing in disguise that I don't have to go through that with Callie because she never took a pacifier. It's just a matter of finding something other than my personal nipple to soothe her to go to bed. Like, I don't know what else to give her. Can she get like a juice cup or a milk cup? Or I mean, we're
0: probably one of the only families that puts juice in a cup at night. <laughs> Most people <laughs> put milk or water. But um Kobe left see,
1: That's the thing. She doesn't really drink she doesn't really drink milk. She doesn't drink milk. She doesn't like I know it's bad or people will say that it's bad. I try to give her milk, she's not interested. I try to give her almond milk, she's not interested. I don't drink dairy, so I'm not gonna buy dairy to give to my kids. That's just a personal preference. Um, and also like, it hurts our stomachs. So I just don't buy it. I only, I've only ever done almond milk and I've tried to give it to her and she sipped for like a second, but then she lost interest. It's not like, like I tried, I was trying to replace me with the, that milk and it wasn't working. She does drink from the sippy cup, but the sippy cup she has is like those rimmed ones, do you know it looks like a regular cup but it has like that suction on top so it doesn't spill and that's because she has older sisters so a lot of the time she just wants to be like them so if I tried to give it to her in like a baby cup she won't take it
0: maybe at night though it might be different because her sisters aren't with her and it, if you get a nipple that represent you know a sippy cup that has a rubber nipple or something or something soft it might be worth a shot. And <clears throat> we don't do milk either. Our kids have never had milk in a bottle. It's just not something they like. We don't do dairy. We have almond milk, but they only have it in like cereal and stuff. So, yeah, same. They just get juice. I
1: always feel like I get judged because I don't give my kids milk.
0: How not? Nah. I'm the one that's like, yeah, no milk doctors. And I'm out in society like, my kids are great kids, don't have no milk.
1: <laughs> I think that that was something that, like, it's not actually 100% necessary because I've never given my children milk. And it kind of bothers me that my pediatrician is constantly like, oh, she needs more milk, you should give her a bottle of milk. Well, you can tell your pediatrician what's up. At least that's how I feel. I tell all of my doctors what's up
0: because they truly do not know different kids especially when you mix ethnicities cultures and the foods that that cultures are used to like my doctors would probably like why do you feed your kids kimchi like the spice you know is going to give them acid reflux but the probiotics in it is going to be great for the digestive system you know like there's just little things like that that they don't know and then also that korean culture is really big on rice and kimchi and that's what my kids like that's what they want I mean, we rinse the kimchi so it doesn't have as much spice, but um, I think the doctors here in the United States are so brainwashed by Western culture that I actually have to take into consideration my knowledge and, and how much I know because I feel like I know way more than they do when it comes to a lot of, to, to a lot of things, to be quite honest, and especially about our kids. They tried well, to put the priest just a few weeks ago. She was having stomach problems, and they prescribed three different medications, and I questioned them on it. I was like, don't you think that this is too much for a five-year-old? She's going to be shitting her brains out all day. They were like, well, yeah, that's why you do it on the weekends. And I was like, ain't nobody got time for that, honey, and I'm not going to put my kid through that. I mean, that's, like, traumatizing for her to constantly have diarrhea and to be on the toilet for three days straight. You're fucking nuts. And that was, would be
1: too much for an adult. Like, for me, that would be too much. Right. So I was
0: like, don't you think we should look at her diet, like what she's eating? Don't you think we should do an elimination diet instead? And the doctor was like, and she's a pediatrician. She's like, no, I'm sure it has nothing to do with that. Well, guess what? Guess who solved the problem? Me. It's candy. It's, and it's a certain candy. It's the candy that's like gummy with um, the sugar on top, like the sour gummies. Oh, yeah. That creates problems for Capri's stomach. And I imagine, like, it would probably create, like, an ulcer or, or like, you know, if you ate too much sour candy in your mouth, most people develop, like, a little um, – Blisters. Yeah, those little things in your mouth, right? So I was like, that's it, Capri. We're done. No more um, sour candy. She hasn't had sour candy in about six weeks, and she hasn't complained with her stomach. I was like, ding, ding, ding. Look, we didn't have to do any of the medicine,
1: and I figured it out on my own. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, Because I always wonder, like, sometimes the things that they tell us to do, I'm like, is that really necessary? Do we really have to do all that? Because, like, they always say, like, oh, milk is really important for your bones. But then there are studies that have shown that, you know, like, cow's milk is for a calf, not a person. And that's why so many people have a problem with digesting it because our bodies aren't meant to. People lose weight just by stopping drinking dairy milk milk that comes from a cow because that milk is made to fatten you up. And there's so much in it that in my opinion, I was like, I don't think it's good for you. So I don't drink it anymore. My kids have never had it. And if they've had it, it's been behind my back and I didn't know that they had it. And you know, I feel like they've been fine. Willow is really smart. She's very, like, she's growing just fine. She's She doesn't have brittle bones or anything. She's actually pretty tall, and so is Callie. So I don't think that milk, you know, does anything for them. So, But I've never actually questioned my pediatrician. I just, like, I let them say what they want to say, and then I just kind of, I'm like, all right, well. If you say so, I'm, but I'm going to do what I want regardless. Like, I'm going to, like they say, it's bad to co-sleep. Like, you shouldn't have your kids in your bed. My Callie is still in my bed. Callie is two years old. She was two April 23rd, and she is still in my bed. Granted, I would like her out because I would like to be able to sleep in the bed with my husband and be able to roll over if I want and not have to worry about waking anybody up. Um, but you know, it's. I think it's a process. Not all kids sleep well on their own. Like Dylan slept just fine on her own. Willow, I had to. She, I co-slept with her, and it took me forever to get her out. Same with Callie. Callie is still co-sleeping with me, and I'm still trying to get her out. I've put her in the room with the girls, but she seems to wake up around the same time every night, uh, between 1:30 and 2 a.m. And she comes right back in here. Yep. I'm with you. Co-sleeping five and two and a half and we have a king bed and now
0: I just play musical beds every night because <laughs> it's true. It's just like I can't I can't I'm done. I'm over it. And we, we both decided we were going to keep them in their rooms, in their beds. And even if I put them in there and I fall asleep with them at night two, three o'clock in the morning, here they
1: come. And I'm like, fuck, well, sleep's done for the night. (laughs) Yeah. And I always wondered like how long it would take to get them out. It took me when I did, because I did like stick to it with Willow. And I, I also think it's because, you know, I was, it was just me and Willow and I wanted my bed to myself, but it took me like a good two and a half years to get her out of my bed. Even with Dylan, like I had given birth to Dylan and everything. Dylan is the only one that I actually put in the crib. And to this day, Dylan is my best sleeper. If I put Dylan in a room in the dark and say, hey, it's time to go to sleep. Dylan will go to sleep without any problems. No questions, nothing. After 830, if she's laying down for too long, she's out it's the other two that I have a problem with. And I actually did co-sleep with them. And like, at first I thought it might've been like, kind of like the pacifier thing, but Willow had a pacifier and Callie didn't. And they both have the same sleep struggle patterns where like, I think Callie needs to have that body next to her in order to sleep because sometimes she'll wake up and she's literally just waking up to make sure we're still there. She doesn't want anything. She'll wake up. She'll, I'll feel her little hands patting around to see if I'm there. She'll move a little closer to me and go back to sleep. She's not crying. She's not looking for my boob anymore. She's just trying to make sure that I'm still there so that she can go back to sleep. Yep. That's exactly my kids that I can hear in the background.
0: That's funny. Callie. Say hi. No?
1: Okay. Whatever. <laughs>
0: um, so I feel like we went from pacifiers to, like, what doctors recommend and what we don't do, and then, like, co-sleeping. I feel like we did a few different things. But ultimately, it all ties in together. Like, what is it that our kids – become dependent on? And then when can we get rid of it? And how can we replace it with something that's like, pro social?
1: Um, I might actually put that in the beginning. Yeah. Like when I cut it up, because pacifiers, co sleeping, um, the bottles, milk, all of that. And it's basically the way society tells you that you should raise your kids. And it's almost like, you know, what you started thinking because I know for me I when I had kids I mean prior to having kids I didn't think your kid should sleep in your bed I thought your kid should be in the crib I didn't believe that kids should have pacifiers after one I like I felt like kids should be super duper structured and even when I had willow which I tell a lot of my friends this like you know when you first 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 have your child, in your head, you have everything planned out on how you're going to do it. And it never goes that way. Like even having Dylan and Callie, like I chose not to even try to say, oh, they're going to do this at this age and this at that age and this at this age, because it just doesn't happen. Your kid does what they want, when they want, at the age that they're ready to. And I don't think that has... That, does, that says anything about your parenting. Because I think a lot of people think that it does. Like, oh, if you let your kid have uh, the pacifier past one, there's something wrong with you. What are you? What mistakes are you making as a parent? If your kid is sleeping in your bed, you're making a mistake as a parent. And I used to let that get to me. Like, oh yeah, what's wrong with my kid? Why is my kid still in my bed? Why is my kid? Even nursing. I've had to go on to a lot of little support groups on social media. Because I feel some type of way, like, I feel like people look at me weird when I say I'm still nursing Callie because she's two years old. Like, I feel like that's taboo to still be nursing at two years old. Some feel that way, but others don't. I mean, I feel like if you're five and
0: nursing, like, yeah, I'm probably going to judge you in some type of way. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I feel like up until two – is is good three like between two and three you know you might need some weaning to do but if you're going to school you definitely should not be breastfeeding
1: well I feel like I'm weaning at this point um I do have I've had a few nights where I can get her to fall asleep without being on the boob um, like the other day she, she nursed, but she wasn't sleepy. So she nursed for maybe like 10 to 15 minutes. She got off and I was tired. There was something wrong with me. I don't know what it was, but I was so exhausted. I was like, I can't take this anymore. I need to sleep. So I just went to sleep. My body has never shut down like that before, but it shut down. Like, I think that was like Monday. So I went to sleep. She, so basically she was up with Dale. And I was like, just give her iPad, I don't care. And I went to sleep. I asked him in the morning, I was like, oh, how does she do? How did she go to sleep? And he was like, literally when she got tired, she put the iPad down and went to sleep. Like she just closed her eyes and went to sleep. So I'm thinking she doesn't necessarily need it. It's just a matter of weaning her off and getting her into that routine of putting herself to sleep.
0: Yeah, and the same for Capri, she um – um. When she was younger, I literally tried every – I tried to rock her. I would take a stroller in the house and push her. I would rock her. I would do everything, and homegirl would not want to go – like, there was – I could read books. I could try anything and everything. Nothing worked for this child except for the phone. Like, if she watched YouTube kids on my phone and and went to sleep, she'd be straight. And that's exactly what she does every night. She puts it down when she's ready, and she goes to sleep. And it sucks to say, like, oh, my kid falls asleep to YouTube kids every night. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, well, if this is her self-regulation, that's fine. It's not like she's going to do it for the rest of her life. But if she does do it for the rest of her life, she's considered normal because all of the world has a goddamn phone in their hand
1: before they go to sleep. That is true. That is true. And I I was just thinking that. I'm like, you know, my – my pediatrician had told me that it's bad to have my kids on their iPads before they go to sleep because it does something to their brains to prevent them prevent them from getting a substantial amount of sleep and it prevents them from falling asleep. But like I said, like Dylan, she will go to sleep without any issues whatsoever. And I think it's equivalent to it's equivalent to the times. Like you know, back in the day, like I know Dale said that he used to fall asleep with his TV on. And I just think that the times have changed. Now your TVs are on, you know, your phones. You use your phones, your iPads. Like, I barely watch TV. I always watch things on YouTube and Netflix and everything's on my computer, my iPad, or my phone. So I think that's kind of like, you know, the equivalent. Like, Capri is using the phone just as a lot of people in society use the TV to help put them to sleep. I think it's a matter of perspective. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And that's what it is. And you know what? At the end of the day, I think people should just do what's right for them and their kids. And that's it. And each kid's going to be different. Like what Colby needs and what Capri needs. Two different things at times. But then it's also a learned behavior. And Colby just wants whatever Capri has. So every night, both of them get a phone. Actually, Chris has a phone. Colby has a phone. Capri has a phone. The only person that doesn't have a phone is me, and I'm totally fine with it because I'm like, if y'all got phones, that means I get to go to sleep. So good night.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that that sounds amazing. So we can go ahead and wrap this up. Hey, stop that. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. So we can go ahead and wrap this up. The question for Instagram can be... um, what types of what type of vices do your kids have to put them to sleep to help soothe them and what are your thoughts on pacifiers co-sleeping and breastfeeding past one so thanks everybody for listening to our podcast this is episode two for season two um if you have any questions or have any topic suggestions, go ahead and leave a comment on our Instagram, mommyglasses underscore. And until next time, bye. bye. See ya. See
0: ya.